Welcome to the New Yorker for December 1st, 2014. There are six articles this week. In the talk of the town, Nick Palmgarten explores how the son of a legendary editor found his calling. Next, George Packer has an in depth report on how an East German quantum chemist became the world's most powerful woman. Then Sasha Frere Jones weighs in on Taylor Swift, Tuvalu, and how a single country is secretly dominating the pop charts. Following that, Alex Ross explains how Andres Nelson's is energizing the Boston Symphony. And finally, in the current cinema, and finally, in the current cinema, Anthony Lane reviews The Imitation Game, a historical thriller based on the life of Alan Turing, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, and the Australian horror film The Babadook. But first, it's this week's comment. In Havel in Jerusalem, David Remnick writes about how the moral imagination that the Czech leader displayed is, globally, in short supply. Not long after his unlikely rise from Czech prisoner to Czech president, Václav Havel paid a visit to Moscow. Until that moment, the leaders of Eastern and Central Europe had arrived at the gates of the Kremlin as little more than nerve wracked supplicants. They came to receive instructions and to pay obeisance to the general secretary. Now Havel was there to see Mikhail Gorbachev, but with an air of modest self confidence, he carried a set of demands and an ironic prop. As Michael Zantovsky tells the story in his excellent new biography, Havel asked that the Soviet Union remove its troops from Czech territory and that the two nations sign a statement declaring them equals. Gorbachev, who had already relinquished his imperial holdings, agreed, at which point Havel produced a peace pipe, telling Gorbachev that it had been given to him by the chief of a Native American tribe during a recent trip to the United States. Mr. President, Havel said, it occurred to me right there and then that I should bring this pipe to Moscow and that the two of us should smoke it together. Zantovsky, who was Havel's press aide at the time, recalls that Gorbachev looked at the pipe as if it were a hand grenade. Then the Soviet leader turned to Havel and stammered, But I don't smoke. Last week, a bust of Havel, who died in 2011, was unveiled at a ceremony in the capital rotunda in Washington, exactly 25 years after Czechoslovakia, in concert with the rest of the Eastern and Central European countries under Moscow's rule, became free. For decades, this had been beyond imagining. The rupture, seemingly so sudden, had many underlying reasons, not least Gorbachev's realization that the imperial system was bankrupt, immoral, and without a future. But it was led and shaped by a singular politician, a playwright of the absurd, who well understood the comic improbabilities of his.